0: Welcome to Rejoicing Together, a podcast where we share stories of God's transforming power. This podcast is hosted by Maysville Baptist Church. It's a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. And my name is Shane Robertson. I'm the senior pastor. I'd love for you to come by and worship with us. We have services at 930 and again at 11 on Sunday mornings. I hope you enjoy the program. May the Lord bless you. And we'd love to hear back from you. We'd love for you to go to our website, www dot dot net and shoot us an email again my name is shane robertson the senior pastor here i'd love to hear from you
1: all right we're joined in
0: the studio today with john and marie adams uh they've been uh, members of maizeville baptist church for my goodness, how many years uh, have we been here? I've been here eight years. you
1: have been here eight years.
0: Y'all came the same time I right.
1: did. Yeah, we were here Sunday before you got
0: here. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. Uh, I remember John was one of the first people that I ever met because he was so big. I mean, and I don't mean like yeah. fat, I mean just a large individual. And come to find out, I heard he was a, a state trooper. Uh, and retired state trooper. So, John, t- tell us a little bit about uh, about uh, your job and growing up. T- tell us about how you become a, a, a trooper. Uh,
1: I tell everybody I've become a trooper because I was too lazy to work and too afraid to steal. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's not exactly true, but <laughs> I, that's just a good example. But uh, I was working in a factory and got the opportunity, to, and I started as a license in Columbus, Georgia. I stayed there 66 to 68, and then I went, on, went to school, went on patrol. We went to Villa Rica then, and stayed till 71, and uh, then I went to Hell went home, and after that reason I'm here, I got involved in the school bus safety unit, and uh, That's the reason I spent the last nine years here. I had the northern, eastern quarter of the state as my territory, so. Oh, wow.
0: uh, And how long long have you lived here in Jackson County?
1: 33 years, going on 34.
0: Wow, 33 years, Mm -hmm. going on 34. Now, your wife is Marie. Right. And Marie has been a volunteer uh, at the church um, for a while. We're very grateful for that and uh, I know that we miss you, Marie. I know she's kind of stepped aside to help take care uh, of you. I know when uh, there was some health issues that happened but before we get into that, tell us about uh, how you and Marie met.
1: She was best friends with my older sister in college and she came home with my sister. That's the boy we met, yeah. We didn't start immediately going together after that, but it wasn't too long.
0: And then uh, uh, after you met, you were just uh, encaptured by her, I'm sure.
1: No, I was engaged to another girl at the time.
0: <laughs> how did all that work out, John? <laughs>
1: She had a she red head with a tipper. Yeah, and she got mad at me and pulled that ninety nine dollar ring and threw it at me. And I looked like a center fielder. I caught that thing, and that was the end of it. <laughs> That's great. Man.
0: That's wonderful. Well, and then so Marie enters your life, right? And you got married. And how long have y'all been married? Fifty eight years. Fifty eight years yeah. together. Now, Marie, I know you don't you you don't want to say a lot but did he get the story right?
2: He did get the story right. Except for one thing. The first time that I saw him, he was twisting out the front door and I really thought, i mm, I'm not sure about this brother of Eileen's.
0: <laughs> well, the Lord obviously knew what he was doing because he put you guys together and you guys have been faithful in taking care of one another. And you, in fact, you said something to me, John, a couple of weeks ago. Um, through the course of the years, you've said a lot of things to me. Actually, <laughs> one of the things that I've enjoyed most is your encouragement, um, your your jokes. Uh, I can remember the first conversation we had. Uh, you were just trying to get to know me, and I'm brand new here. And I made some uh, quirky uh, joke about four-way stops, and you being a, and you being a state trooper you stopped me and said do you know how many accidents occur at four-way stops and uh we kind of laughed a little bit about that and then that just kind of kicked off a, a relationship that i've cherished through the years and i'm going to be real honest with you i thought i was going to lose it there for a little a little while when you got sick and um god has restored you he's brought you back and here you are and you said to me, you said, Shane, what I've been through, God's changed my perspective about death.
1: Oh, He has. I mean, and it might have something to do with I've been close so many times. I, mean, I think I told you this, that in 2006, they had to shock me back nine times. And then the last time, I don't know what they did to me because I was unconscious when that happened. That was a real blessing about that whole last episode. I was unconscious. I don't know how many days I'm reading to you. i reading Well, tell
0: us, tell us what happened. What caused you to get so sick uh, during that season of your life?
1: Uh, well, I had an heart attack. The one the maker was what 100% closed? and uh, that's what got me. But the sad part about it was I've been having some pain, and. Uh, I couldn't walk from the, my back door to my lawnmower without stopping. And we'd been to the doctor, I don't know how many times, and they kept telling me I was okay. And the fortunate thing about this whole episode was, when that happened, I don't know what happened, might fell off, I was in the bathroom. And she called, and they had a new program going with the Commerce Police Department. In three minutes after she called, she says, the two policemen pulled me out of the bathroom, and then the EMTs come. Well, they never asked her where to take me. The Lord had to hand on that. They took me to Gainesville because I'll always believed had I gone to Athens, I'd die. I mean, i kept say dead, you know. I right. was dead. Right. Uh, I, and I, I, you know. And, we,
0: and you were out of it during this time.
1: Oh, I was unconscious for how many days, Bray?
2: Four, five. Mm. In, well. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three.
0: Marie, you remember? You remember that day when they pulled him out of the bathroom and loaded him up and took him to Gainesville? What was going through your going through your mind during that season?
2: <clears throat> well, when uh, when I heard him fall, uh, I, I had to find him. <laughs> And when I found him, um, he didn't respond to me when I called his name. So when I got the uh, 911 operator on, she, uh, I, I told her that he was not responsive. And she said, is he breathing? And I said, I don't know, because he was in such a position that I couldn't really get to him. And I couldn't move him. And so she said, well, put your finger under his nose and see if you feel air and I did not, and I told her, and um, she said, there's somebody on their way. So it was just a a very few minutes, and two of Commerce City Policemen were there, uh, and I just left them to it, because I knew that they knew what they were doing, and I just didn't need to be there, in the way, witnessing, you know, just watching them. Uh, I know that they uh, got him out. They uh, snatched him out, really. And then I knew I was going to have to go, so I stepped across to, uh, to another room and waited. Not long after that, the EMTs were there, and it was um, about uh, uh, maybe just a, a couple of three minutes before the EMTs got there. Uh, a, a friend, uh, Tommy Eason, uh, came and uh, he was the one. I told him, I said, tell, tell them to take him to Athens. And he came back and he said, "Miss Adams, uh, they're going to take him to Gainesville. If he's going to survive, he needs to be in Gainesville. And the Lord had just given me a piece about everything he really had because as soon as I left the room, when they pulled John out, I just prayed and uh, told the Lord that he gave him to me once before. And I was just leaving him in his hands, but I would really, really want him back again. And after that, I just had a peace. I knew that Whatever happened was in his hands, and it would be okay. And they took him, and uh, when we got there, uh, Dr. Um, Marshall Marshall was the cardiologist that was on call in the emergency room, Hmm. and they said he was the best. He was the number one, and he told me that John had not had any blood flow for eight minutes, and did I understand what that meant? And I said, no. And he told me that for every minute that the brain is without blood flow, it loses 10% of its uh, ability. Therefore, there was a very great chance that John would not have uh, much brain activity if any that he did not have a heartbeat for 25 minutes that was 8 minutes and the 17 minutes it took them to get to Gainesville but the EMTs never gave up on him they never stopped Mm. and I just know that the Lord put those EMTs Commerce City Police Dr. Marshall and his team right there Mm-hmm. And and even though they they told me we don't know uh, they lowered his body temperature, mm-hmm. said hope that that had shown that you know that could help the brain, so they lowered it for twenty four hours, and uh, then when they brought him out, they you know they had had him uh, heavily sedated, and, and of course he was. Uh, had a breathing tube. and uh, But that was on Friday. Then on Saturday, when they brought his temperature back up, uh, they did leave the breathing tube in because they weren't sure that he could breathe on his own. Mm-hmm. But the doctor told him, said, can you wiggle your toes? And he could. And he said to me, and the children, he is able to obey commands. He said, can you squeeze my hand, and he did. Mm. Uh, he was still not conscious as far as, mm. you know, we could tell. But uh, then after that, it was just a, a matter of um, uh, them uh, knowing the time when to try to remove the uh, breathing so that they could see if he was breathing on his own and um, the Lord he just he just gave us a peace about it he, my children myself um, just gave us a real peace just had the just knew it was gone although not many of the doctors if any of them um, encouraged us to think that Everything was going, you know. He was going to be okay.
0: Right. They were. They taken. kept saying,
2: "He yeah. can have another heart attack." Right. And you know, and he, they, we decided not to, uh, to resuscitate him if he did, because mm-hmm. uh, I knew that he would, his quality of life would not be much, right. and he would not want to be that way.
1: Right.
2: So, but the first thing they did when he could squeeze the hand and he could wiggle the toes. And uh, the next day they said, the first thing we do is take off that do not resuscitate band. Wow! (laughs) So then after that, it was just a matter of their care and God's grace. (laughs)
0: Well, not only, I mean, you wiggled your toes, you squeezed hands, you breathed on your own. And now here today, you're giving testimony to the fact that God saw you through a trial where you literally died and now you're oh, yeah. back with us again
1: yes yes I'm so grateful and thank him every day
0: tell, tell me a little bit John about about your perspective of death now that you've been through this how do you view death
1: I'm trying to take Paul's pattern you know if I die I'll go to the Lord if I don't I'll be here and like I told you the other day the worst thing about dying for me would I leave her yeah I hate to do that, Uh, but someday I probably will.
0: You know, one of the biggest challenges that I experience as a pastor is the fact that when it comes to trials, there's this teaching that's going around today that says, "Well, when you become a Christian, then all your all your challenges go away. You got Jesus, and so you're not going to have any hard times. You're not going to have any difficult times. You're not going to have any sickness." There's no no death. I mean, none of this thing. That that is so, that's so untrue because both of you, as far as me being your pastor, y'all have been faithful. I've been here eight years. You've been here eight years. Y'all have been faithful to the Lord. And to think that just because you know Jesus, all your cares and problems are just going to go away. Man, you've experienced the fact that that truth is not only untrue in our culture today but the truth is as a christian you are going to experience trials and the difference is he's there to help see you through them all the way and that's what i that's what i hear you saying john he's with you all the way
1: like i was in church in Memphis one time and the congregation the pastor said god is good and they responded with all the time all the
0: time god <laughs> is good yeah. that is so true um, how, and, uh, how old were you when you received christ as your savior john
1: 49
0: 49 years old when you come
1: I think to Christ. i was i was full grown
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> 49 that's how old i am here yeah. what's today's february the second yeah uh, so next Tuesday, I think I'll be I'll be forty nine years of age. You were forty nine when you received Christ as Savior.
1: I had thought I had before. I was to tell you I got a picture mm-hmm. come out of a Methodist newspaper mm-hmm. of about, I think it was fourteen of us kids at a revival joined the church, and all I got out of that was a wet head. Because mm. I certainly didn't live that. I mean, I was thirteen, and pretty soon after thirteen, I went in a different direction. Yes, I, right. A,
0: and then at forty-nine years of age, you trusted Christ as your Savior, and that changed everything.
1: Oh, it did. And, and and I will never forget. I mean, I I had been experiencing, you know, the need, and one Sunday I was sitting in church. And he gave the altar call. And I'd have run over anybody up my way. <laughs> I love that. That's <laughs> I mean, so good. I had tears running down my face. Wow. And,
0: uh, and he changed you so dramatically. It's hmm. just amazing. I guess, Marie, you could tell the real difference when, when John received Christ at 49.
2: I could. The children could. But I was most impressed, I guess, when a, a really dear friend of ours, she... Uh, her husband had worked with John. He was a uh, uh, li- uh, radio, and uh, she had always been. She told me she had always been just a little bit afraid of him because he, you know, he it, just the way he talked and all. Oh, she said, "But you know, he's so different now." Wow! And I thought that what? Yes. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what the Lord does. He he does the changing, doesn't he, John? Oh, he
1: does. He really does. He does. And it can happen when you accept Christ, it's there. I mean, you don't have to wait on change, it comes automatically.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. he gives you the Holy Spirit just immediately, and that you are a new creation in Christ. Oh, yes. All the old things are passed away. Behold, all the new things are all, all the things have become new. And uh, I, I testify to the fact that there's no doubt uh, Christ dwells inside of John and Marie Adams, not only in their private lifestyle but in their public lifestyle too, in the way that they walk and testify and talk. I'm reminded just of what you said earlier uh, about uh, uh, about the Apostle Paul when the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi in Philippians. Uh, chapter number one, uh, in verse number 21, is where he said, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Yeah. Uh, and, and he, you know, we just think about this world is not the end. No. And God has given us such wonderful opportunities mm-hmm. to share his faith.
1: We got a bunch of CDs, and I, I can't remember the group, but they sing a song, and I thought it was appropriate. In the song, it said, "This world just a place to hang your hat." Amen. That That is is so true.
0: That's right. And like these bodies are the hat. We're just (laughs) here for a little while, and we're gonna lay these bodies down, and we're gonna go be with the Lord uh, as Christians. But while we are here, there obviously God has a purpose for our lives. He obviously has something He has for us to do. And John, you have been a catalyst now for, for many months now about this issue of you got uh, some grandkids that are planting churches that love the Lord. Yeah. And uh, you are very, you and Murray both are very active in, in church here uh, and in your testimony and in testifying and even even today by sitting here and talking. Let me ask you this, in relationship to God keeping you here, could, could you tell me just a little bit in your heart uh, about purpose? How important is purpose? In- well, I'm,
1: I'm what, I know that God had a purpose for, for me being here. And I don't know why I've already served it and didn't know it or it's coming, but I know he has one. And one that I, I think is that i got a really good friend that's as far from Christ as you can get. We've been friends for a long, long time, we used to hunt and fish together. And I prayed for him every day. I, I hope you know, it wow.
0: happens. Amen. Amen. So what I hear you saying, and this is so good. I mean, this is rich stuff. What I hear you saying is the purpose that God's got you here is the same purpose that he still has me here and the same purpose he has Marie here. And everybody that's listening to this uh, podcast, our purpose, the, the purpose for while we're here here is to make disciples, is to tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. One beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread. Well, John, I want to ask you just another question, if I could, in, in relationship to, uh, to, to church and moving forward. How, how important to you is church attendance? How important is that in your in your heart?
1: Well, um, due to my, well, am, and she won't let me get wet. So, but otherwise, if I can get to church, I'm coming.
0: Because that's what I've noticed. Yeah. I mean, I've noticed that John's going to do everything in his power to get here, and I understand the wet part yeah. and the rain. I understand that completely. Uh, but your but church attendance is important to you. Yeah,
1: I get a blessing every Sunday that I'm here.
0: Tell me about that. How does that? How does that blessing? Because I know it's, and we've had this conversation before. I know it's different every time. There have been times where you and I've talked, and you said, "Man, yeah. this really blessed me in the service." Or I've talked to you other times where you said something completely different. This really blessed yeah. me in the service. Well,
1: the the biggest thing is that you do such an excellent job of explaining the scripture for somebody like me. I needed to explain to me. I don't understand. I I can t- tell you how many times I've read the Bible. My deal is, I start in Genesis and I go through <laughs> Revelation. And I'm I'm Leviticus right now and I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm waiting. So <laughs> <laughs> this too
0: shall pass.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's just the way I do it. You're right. And uh, when you you deliver the message and you go verse by verse and explain what it means, but well, that's a lot of it was
0: all new to me. I can't. Uh... Well, that's very kind. That's not what I was in. I wasn't <laughs> anticipating that because there have been there have been elements in the service where I know you've said, you know, boy, that that song really blessed my yeah. heart, and you have said, I'm yeah. not. You have said, Pastor, that that message really blessed my heart. Uh, I, I've never I've never seen that truth, and I greatly appreciate yeah. your encouragement. It is always an encouragement when I look out there and I see you uh, sitting out in the congregation, knowing. That you made a priority to get up and to get yourself in in church. I know this is hard for you to believe because you don't live this way, but there 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 are individuals that um, they get so caught up in working for the Lord, they 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 stop attending worship services. Mm-hmm. You know they'll come and they'll teach Sunday school or they'll teach two Sunday schools or. They'll they'll find opportunities to work, and not get in the worship service. Could you could you speak to that just for a minute on on how important it is to be in worship?
1: Well, I've never done taught a class, but I I did participate in the food bank as long as I was able. Uh, wild game dinner, all that's important because we were trying to reach people, but it didn't. It, was not a reason in under any circumstances for me not to attend church service. That that's a priority. I mean I think the Lord commands us together and whatever he says, I'm gonna try to do it.
0: Well I, I know that to be true in your life. Your your testimony lives that yeah. and the Bible does say over in the book of Hebrews, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some do. And I just the those that work and don't come to worship. I'm grateful, don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful for their service. We all need to be serving the Lord. But we also need to be in worship together. Um, and and I just see you, you're right. You, you have participated in yeah. your Sunday school class and you're still a member, an active member uh, of your Sunday school class. Yeah. Uh, you participated in the food pantry very, very heavily. I mean, there. when you saw opportunities to serve, you did. And the only reason why you're not is because your health prevents you from doing yeah. the things that you used to do. But there's one thing that you consistently nail home, and that is worship is important. And I just want to th- say thank yeah. you for that. Thank you really appreciate you demonstrating that to to everyone. Maria, if I could, I, I, I would like to to ask you another question. In relationship to John and the the trial that you guys had to go through, mm-hmm. uh, your husband was dead, and God brought him back. Uh, there are there are individuals in our congregation right now. That are struggling with sickness uh, their spouse is sick they're afraid that they've got the same thing is running through their heart and head as you had running through your heart and mind during those trials what would you say to those that are struggling with with um,
2: fear and i just yes I understand that very well um, for me, uh, prayer, I, I, am, I am, I don't, I can't make it without prayer. Uh, I just, uh, that's how I've always, always from as far as I can remember back, that's always the way I, I was able to make any kind of, uh, trials or struggles, uh, Take a back seat was just to, you know, to, to pray, to listen, to talk to God and just lay it on the line. I'm scared mm-hmm. and this is what I want. But in the end, he, he had, like I said, he has a plan for us. And that plan is for our good, but for his glory. So if that's what, if John had not survived, that would have been for His glory. Even at, at, with all of that, had they been able to bring him back, and then he still had another heart attack, God still would be glorified through that. Mm. And that's just that's kind of that's for me. That's it. It's that's just good. it's just prayer and and trusting, trusting that uh, and and believing in my heart, knowing in my heart that. Uh, God, he didn't put me here to just let me flounder and go, mm. but he put me here to, for better or for worse, for sickness and in health, uh, whatever comes, he plans each day for me and he'll see me through it. Mm. And I just, I trust him on that. Amen. But, uh. That's, that's all I would say is just pray and trust.
0: You said something, though, that I think really is so vital um, in a Christian's life that is experiencing a difficult tragedy, and that is just be honest with God. Just tell him how you feel. You, you said, tell him, I'm, you know, I, I'm scared. I, I am afraid. And, and yes, we can talk about how, you know, fear comes from the devil and all of these things. But let, let's face it, we are created beings and we're emotional beings. And there are going to be seasons and situations in our lives where we're going to have an emotion. And, and, and you were so right. What I hear you saying is it's not a sin to question God. And it's really not. It's not It's not a sin to say, why? Why? I'm scared. Why is this happening to me? In fact, the Bible tells us to search the Scriptures. And you've searched the Scriptures and you're settled. You say, we know that God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. So we're able to take that raw fear, that raw emotion that we have, couple it with the truth of God's Word that we have mm-hmm that we know God's going to get glory. He's going to get the most glory out of this. And so I don't know how he's going to heal. His healing may come in the physical form where he heals John. John doesn't have another heart attack. He gives him back to us to enjoy for another season or or several seasons of life. Or his healing comes by way of him being in the presence of Jesus himself. Either way, God's going to get the glory from this... And my emotions is secondary to my obedience. And I think that's something that we as Christians today in 2023 struggle with because we get whatever we want whenever we want. And we're in control and we're in charge. And God very clearly said in His Word, my way is not your way. And so that that is, thank you, Marie. That is so real and transparent and truthful that it is my happiness in regards to going through trials and tribulations and difficulties doesn't mean I'm not going to experience fear or frustration uh, or being cantankerous or upset but it doesn't change the fact if I'm going through those emotions I still have to walk in my obedience. And from what I've learned from Scripture is my obedience is this. If it is over my head, it is under His feet. And He is going to see me through. And that is with my knowledge that it may not be the way I want it. But He's still a good God. All the time. Would would you
2: say that that's? I definitely would. I just uh, uh, fear, worry, anxiety, uh, feelings. We have them, but they are not. God is real. Mm. They will mislead us. Yeah, right. And. Uh,
0: yeah, that's so because we've got the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's right. I mean, that's the one thing that. And that that ought to be the thing that sets the balance straight, oh, yeah. you know is if it is it contrary to the Spirit of God? and if it's contrary to the Holy Spirit of God, we know that's not from our Lord. That's right. that comes from the devil and he's the one that's trying to cast the fear uh, or the worry or or any of those emotions that would try to get us off track and be mad mad at God but but let me let me say say this too but God's big enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. He's big enough to handle your feelings. Yes. Uh, I've had a I've had families come and they just say, "Well, you know, I'm mad at God." And you know and I would say? Okay. I don't have to defend God. He's big enough to take your anger at him and receive that and still accomplish his will in your life. And, and I just think that's I think that's neat but what's refreshing to my heart is seeing the other side of the coin sitting in front of me. Uh, here's a family that loves Jesus that practices their faith that went through a difficult time that God saw them through and he did answer our prayers. Yeah. You know and that's a whole other ball game. That God loves us enough to hear our prayers and to answer our prayers, and in this case, it brought Him the most glory to give us and to keep John with us.
2: Could I just say something yes, on that you, on yes. that line with prayer? And that it was, and and that was the, to me, the most important thing. Is that there were people praying mm. everywhere. Here in our home church, in uh, John's mom's home church, in friends' churches, uh, all over uh, the places that we've been. Even as we traveled west, we made friendships out there in Texas. Even those churches were praying. And you know, uh, I'm just firmly convinced that maybe maybe it wasn't intended for John at to, you know, that that was a time that he was not supposed to make it. But because of all the prayer, hmm. all of the prayer, God said, You know, I'm going to use him still, Amen. and I'm going I'm yeah. to give him another season or two. Right. And I just feel like that prayer is such a power, a powerful, powerful thing.
0: And now here we are in February, and he's—I mean, this this broadcast—I I was just—I was told last week that the broadcast for the Rejoicing Together podcast, just members sharing their stories of God's transforming grace and us rejoicing over what God is yeah. doing in our lives here at Maysville. It's reaching all the way to China and Thailand. Yeah. There are people yeah. all over the world that are hearing this that are encouraged by the fact that prayer changes things. Yes. Yes. And that, that's really the bottom line is prayer does. Prayer changes things. And it changed the course and direction of your, of your life, Marie, yes. and your life, John. And now here we are testifying to God's goodness and rejoicing together over how great our God is.
1: An example of the condition I was in, one of the EMTs drove by my house, and I'm getting out of the car, and he stopped. He said, I never thought I'd see you do that.
0: Really? Do you remember the company that, uh, of the EMT company that, uh, That come to get you the trademark, no No. Jackson County, Jackson County, Jackson County. Wow, that is absolutely incredible. He said, "I thought I'd never see you again," and here you. (laughs) Not only can we see you, we hear you. (laughs) We hear you, and we're grateful for your message, John. In in thinking about closing um, this time that we've had together, um, if you could say anything to anyone out there today that's listening. About health, your walk with Jesus Christ.
1: I think that it's important that you got to believe, and like I said before, whichever way it goes, it's all right with me. I'm all for it. But without Jesus, you're floundering and lost.
0: You can't really get any plainer than that. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, that is true floundering, and lost without Jesus Christ. Dear friend, I want to share with you today, if you're listening to this podcast, that really is the most important thing, is your relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And to be able to sit here and have a conversation with our church members at Maysville Baptist Church about their relationships with Jesus Christ is so exciting to me. And I'm so grateful for it because they testify to the fact of God's uh, changing love in respect to their lives. God loved them so much that He's changed their lives. Here's a a man who worked in law enforcement as a a, uh, a Georgia State Patrolman and at 49 years of age gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ, changed the trajectory of who he was in relationship with Jesus, and now here he is serving the Lord after he had had an experience with the Widowmaker, died, was dead, And God said, it's going to bring me more glory to keep John Adams on this earth. And through the prayers of the saints of God, as they prayed for John, John regained strength, regained life, wiggled his toes, squeezed people's hands, began to breathe on his own, and now sits here today and simply says, without Jesus, you're floundering. Dear friend, I want to invite you to stop. Floundering, so how would I do that? Well, we talked a little bit in this podcast about Paul. Paul tells us in the book of Romans very clearly how we can stop floundering. Uh, floundering, uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter ten, in verse nine and ten, uh, the Scripture says that uh, that if thou, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Have you ever done that, friend? If you're listening to this podcast today and you've never taken the time to stop and pray and receive Christ as your Savior, I want to give you that opportunity right now. I wonder, in your heart, right where you're at, wherever you're at in the world, would you just stop and would you just say something like this to the Lord? Would you say, Lord Jesus... I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that you are the Messiah. And today, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of my sins and I put my trust in Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving me. I'll live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, dear friend, I sure would love to hear from you. You can go to our website at And we would love to hear from you. May the Lord bless you for listening today. God be with you. I hope you'll join us next week where once again we'll sit down together and rejoice together over what God is doing at Maysville Baptist Church. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Rejoicing Together. I hope you'll come again and check us out, especially on the web at www.maysvillebaptist.net, where we strive to love God, love others, and serve the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He shine His light on you. And until next time, we look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. God bless you, and have a great day.